0: hi and welcome i'm your host darian and this is derek we are going to be talking about our new podcast the digital bond podcast this is off yeah so this is the launch episode right? so this is our launch episode yes this is our first episode we sort of doing this in a weird time um with a sort of a social distancing edition of the podcast instead of launching it as the full original idea that we had
1: yep um so we're just to give some context we're in the midst of the early stages of lockdown due to the coronavirus so what is today today is the 27th of march 2020 and we care this is the day we're recording you might be listening to this in a few days from now um but yeah this is going to be our first episode so uh you want to give us an intro to just like the kind of stuff we're going to be doing in this podcast and what we're going to talk about
0: What we were originally planning for our podcast was obviously two friends talking about tech, science, gaming, all the things that usually would interest us. But with the current situation in the world, we've decided to sort of take this in a different direction for now and just talk about how this coronavirus situation is affecting us, the lockdown situation, um, sort of just taking these strange times and making of it what we will
1: yeah so uh, yeah i think it's interesting that we we decided to start this off as our first podcast because it's not something we would really get into but it's so prevalent around the world so it's probably it's very very relevant and worth talking about because it is actually impacting tech in a big way um and kind of everything that we hold dear you know
0: Exactly. And I think it's also going to change the world going forward as well. And we both have quite a few thoughts on that situation.
1: Yeah. So, um, I know we are kicking this off and we're calling this episode, like the social distancing edition, (laughs) like episode one, I guess. And we wanted to kind of create some awareness around social distancing. And that's one of our talking points for today. Um, yeah. What do you want to start with?
0: I thought maybe we could just talk about how sort of the situation we're in now with, with you're in lockdown, I'm in lockdown. Our Lockdowns mm. are different being at you're in Ireland, I'm in South Africa, um, seeing how they differ, how the, the sort of the, the social climate is there versus the social climate here. I mean, for us, it was day one today of our lockdown so yeah just seeing how it differs
1: well let's um let's back it up just a second and maybe give an intro of who you are what you do and then i'll give my view so um off that, you go
0: that's actually a good point i am <laughs> we, <should have laughs> we, sta-
1: we probably should have started should have a little bit but that's fine
0: <laughs> that just keeps it sort of natural man um i'm i'm the rt manager of an independent school in south africa um i've been in tech for many years now and uh yeah that's that's basically me i'm a big gamer and i'm big into tech big into science so that's my perspective on matters yeah so and my name's derek
1: and um i am a south african but i live and work in ireland i've effectively emigrated i think that's the right word emigrate 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 emigrated to Ireland that's it with my wife um and yeah we live here now in Ireland but and I work for um, a multinational large tech company one of the biggest I guess on the planet maybe I don't know um but not to name names um so I think we Darian and I you know we're we offer a good perspective because we have a lot of history and we've worked in this IT industry pretty much our whole lives from from being hobbyists as kids right up until present day where we do it as a full-time career so we've seen a lot of trends come and go and uh, our, our interests are very much aligned we disagree on a lot of things but we agree on a lot of things too so you know but there's there's tons of commonalities but yeah we both have interest in tech science and gaming like we end up playing a lot of games online on the weekends when when we have the time to so uh, that's a background on us um but it's been coming back to the coronavirus thing it's been quite unique because like you say you in south africa have just gone into lockdown now um ireland has gone into lockdown um almost two weeks ago now that long hey? so yeah it's been it's been about two weeks um I'm trying to think when we actually went in. I can't. I think it was. geez, I don't actually know.
0: I might have to pull that up. I'll look that up for you while you while you talk about it.
1: Yeah, so we went into lockdown almost two weeks ago, and um, it's been a r- interesting process because, like the rest of the world after China had it, it's, um, you know, have been a bit late to adapt it. It seems to have moved around the globe from west, or from east to west, like following the sun almost, strangely, but um, the impact is seen, you know, spreading at that sort of direction, and as it just started to hit Ireland, they kind of did a lot of preparation, and very similarly to South Africa, and they didn't lock down hard, but they just put in a lot of things in place early on, very early on, um, with a big focus on testing, because... By now, you should realize that you know the more testing you can do, the more cases you can identify and isolate, and then do um, contact tracing to keep those people separated, and that helps flatten the curve. And you want to maybe speak on how South Africa's handled it because they've gone with a similar, very, very similar approach, but they seem to have locked down much harder.
0: And you're, as you said, you're in day one. Yeah, here in South Africa, things have been a little bit more accelerated compared to the other countries. Other countries sort of waited to get into at least a a couple thousand, from what I can tell, infections. I don't know what it was in in Ireland before your lockdown. Um, But here we were on about 500 only, if you can call it only, um, infections with zero deaths. And they called for a 21-day lockdown. And as of today, we're actually 1,170 infections in. Um, So within the space of ordering the lockdown last Sunday through to today, we've pretty much doubled, just over doubled the infections. Um, And
1: I mean, that's that's like the trend, right? We see most countries numbers start to double every sort of between one and three yeah, days it gets quite right. out of hand
0: quite a, quite sort of um, exponential um, but here the lockdown I, I actually must praise our government because the lockdown was sort of decided upon quickly and they, they acted really quickly they've got the defense force in which is what we call our army to, to bolster the police services um, you're not allowed to go out unless it's to buy food or go to the the pharmacy or anything like that, um, and they're, they're apparently re looking at the sort of grocery rules because people have been flaunting it. Really? Yeah, there has been some to serious queues at, at grocery stores because the the stores today were limiting how many people could come inside, causing huge queues outside, yeah. and oaks are just standing all on top of each other. It's quite a you know.
1: Yeah, so we're seeing that too, like. W- I, for example, I had to go out today and pick up just some stuff. I had to go to the pharmacy and like and then I had to go to the supermarket afterwards. There's a Tesco here, um, but the pharmacy, interestingly enough, like normally you would go into the pharmacy, but they have two doors that they use. You know, there's like a side entrance and a main entrance, but each entrance is blocked off and they have like a little desk at the front door. So you can't even go into the pharmacy. You approach the, the door. And there's a desk there you have to queue two meter spaces and they've marked the ground with like tape to indicate where you need to stand and everyone's very orderly and there's only like a queue of three or four people but you have to wait and you want one side's for prescriptions and the other side's for general stuff just like inside so i had to wait for a prescription for my son um and then you know get it at the door which is kind of strange so they're trying to prevent people from even entering yeah you know the property and touching things so that's it's just a weird way to you know operate a pharmacy or walk up and use a pharmacy normally you go in and you get to browse so you've got to really know what you want and they also have a service where most of the pharmacies now you phone ahead like i want to back up and just talk about the pharmacy situation it's kind of interesting so what they do is we go to the gp oh you don't go to the gp call the gp hey i've got this Symptom. so my son has an ear infection right got an ear infection they look up on the system and they say oh because all our GPs and healthcare systems are, G- are mostly linked so they said oh we see you were at this GP last week and they noted he had you know a bit of a inflamed ear and then two weeks before he was at another GP and they saw okay so he probably does have a middle ear infection like we had before we'll just issue a prescription but don't bring him in they're like you can come to the office and collect the script, and that's it, off you go. So once we get the script, we can call any pharmacy and say, I have a prescription, you know, and I want to get this, and it's uh, it's kind of like an honesty system, I guess. Yeah. So th- they'll prepare it ahead of time. That's what you should do, but us not knowing what's going on, we kind of just, I went off to the pharmacy and they said, look, we'll take your script, but we've got a lot of prescriptions to fill. You know, A lot of old people need to come and get their stuff we'll call you then you come back and collect so you know, normally i think all right you wait around 10 15 minutes but it took a whole day um but yeah then i had to go off to the pharmacy and and queue and it's very much like you say there where you're queuing you know there's a bigger queue outside the store than there is inside yeah, the problem and the difference and is
0: yeah the queue outside is there's no orderly it's just chaos queue everyone's on top of each other there's no distancing yeah. Like if someone's sick, they're going to make everyone sick. And, I, and I, I saw on the news tonight that, that that's there's a sort of a thing going around where, where the, the locals are saying that it's, it's a lie. There's no, there's no COVID-19 where they are. There's no co- coronavirus where they are. So why oh, must really? they be indoors? So the government's looking at fixing all of that. But I mean, there's inside our stores. I know Woolworths, for example is a, a store here yeah, and I think it's international now as well but what they've done is they've they're marking in the store where you can queue how far away you must stand from the cashier and really? all of that yeah but outside they need to it's implement just those free things for all that's the problem so yeah you were saying there's a lot of
1: chaos outside the stores. More so than yeah, in so the, the
0: stores are, and, and, and like when I went to draw money for the maid from the from the ATM the other day, there was a similar situation where the bank, we weren't in lockdown yet, um, but the bank queue, the bank was controlling how many people were allowed in, much like a rehearsal for when there's lockdown, because banking is still open. Um, so there's there's a limited number of people allowed inside to keep everyone apart and keep it controlled. But then outside, it's just a free for all queue and everyone's standing on top of each other and it's just a problem.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's that's definitely um, you'll you start to see the differences between like these the two societies mm, you know definitely. that we live in, and me being very familiar with South Africa, I kind of I don't want to say I expected that, but. I think it's human nature to think it's not going to happen to yes, me. Yes, there's a lot of that sort you know, of and it's not going to
0: happen to me. You know, it's or, or it's yeah, bullshit. Not me. It's, you know, it's lies. I'm not. You know, I'm not going to get it. It's not here. Yeah. It's somewhere else.
1: And the problem really is that we've come to learn from watching what's happening in other countries, and I think that's it's a big thing. Is you know people like you and I that take interest in these sorts of things and pay attention because you hear what's coming out of other countries. You need to start like showing some attention, but there's a lot of people that are just naive. And also, I think a lot of people in Africa in general that don't have access to that kind of news. Yes. So how do the government actually, you know, hand down that news? I know they do a lot of like radio broadcasts and local television broadcasts, but, you know, I think there's a lot of mistrust in South Africa in general. Oh, yeah because of how the government is run and because of all the corruption. And that's just that mistrust, you know, all yeah. that, that lack of trust leads to a lack of belief that what you're being told yeah, is it's true. It's
0: unfortunate as well, because so. our current government with Cyril Ramaphosa as our president and, and the current cabinet ministers that are dealing with this have actually done a fantastic job, it must be said. They have. Um, I've seen them on, on the news pretty much almost nightly lately, and they always very sort of forthwith telling you what's going on this is what's happening this is what we're doing no messing around um, been very good at telling the police that this isn't the time to come out and hit civilians this is the time to care for the civilians and keep order you're not you're not here yeah. to to sort of attack people and telling the telling the army that they're not here to yeah. invade they're here to keep order you know
1: yeah they're here to protect because at the end of the day, that is what they're trying to do they're trying to protect the health of the citizens so you know i think there's been a lot of good words coming out of at least you know the cabinet and Cyril Ramaphosa's um yeah his full cabinet of of ministers you know the health minister and everything they're all doing a very good job of getting the message out there and trying to explain the severity of the issue um and much like i think most governments have been doing a pretty good job with probably the exception of the united (laughs) states (laughs) Yes. Yeah. But, you know, like we'll probably get there, but <laughs> that's another whole ball game. But I think he's doing a really good job. But the problem is always going to come down to, um, you know, people's compliance. Yes, the individuals, and whether in they the society, actually yes. Yeah. And it was an, a really good quote I heard. I don't know who it was from. Um, I think it could have come from one of the Irish health ministers or something like that. But they said, you know, government, you know, doing what they're doing can save hundreds of people's lives. Or oh, sorry, they said health care workers can save hundreds of lives, but people can save thousands because really it comes down to people. Yeah, yes. And it, it kind of leads into the next point I wanted to talk about a bit. Is, um, you know, people are very unwilling to accept anything that's going to change, you know, the status quo of their life, you know, what they're, they're used to. It's comfort. It's, you know, this normality for them and anything that poses a risk to that or to that level of convenience that they have you know that they take for granted is just unthinkable yes yeah you know and they don't want to go down that road and i think people are very very quickly realizing that oh crap i need to actually pay attention you know because this is serious
0: yeah it depends worldwide as well you you have the americans who by and large are saying that there's a massive problem, but then you've got the sort of deniers in specific places there in government that are saying everything's fine and I'm so clever. Um, Whereas here you've got the government saying everyone needs to stay away from each other, lock down, full control, you know, trying to do the best Mm. where the population is not listening. It's sort of a a flip, you know. yeah, it is a complete uh, and flip. Like you said, with with very interesting. the way things are going to change wholesale after this. After this is even yeah. after, forget flattening the curve and stuff, when the curve is on the downward, you know, it, like how society mm. is going to change moving forward. I'm not saying that the Chinese are going to stop eating pangolins or whatever, you know, release the virus and let yeah. it sort of cross over to humans. But just wholesale how we're going to start treating society and each other keeping away from each other i think there's gonna so this is a catalyst for change and people don't like change so it's either going to go really well or really poorly
1: (laughs) well that's also part and parcel of it is at this point there's no choice you know people don't have a choice but to change because they have to change their ways we're already seeing how people have to change their work those of us that are lucky to still have work um, which is a whole nother yeah. point but it's it's making massive changes in just personal hygiene thinking about germs in general and viruses and you know what is good etiquette and this has been a whole massive
0: shock to me is how i'm um you know me man and, and i'm sure the listeners will grow to understand yeah. that i am quite pedantic about cleanliness, and I wash my hands. If I see someone else touch something, I wash my hands. I'm sort of a bit, a bit nuts that way. So I almost feel like people are catching up now, and I've sort of had this lead of yeah. and everyone's suddenly like, ah, now we must all <laughs> wash our hands. And I'm like, what well, you should have been doing this. Yeah, like, this is a foreign. How concept. is this foreign? Like How for can me, you, you must be told to wash your hands after exactly. you've been to the toilet. Are you sick? You know. You're gonna get sick. That's for flipping and sure.
1: It it baffles me because in school you get told wash your hands, you yes. know, after every time you use the toilet you wash your hands. But I mean, you know, in society that doesn't happen. You it's just know. shocking to me. Like, the there are some amount some people of that it. just don't yes, do it. Yes, but
0: it's shocking that how many people don't and how it's suddenly a big thing. It's like the social distancing thing. I mean, I I suffer from anxiety and agoraphobia and things where I can't deal with large crowds of people. So I already did this. But now everyone has to do this. And it's just how people are suddenly like, ah, but I, I, I need friends. But you can you can have meaningful relationships. Yeah. You don't have to go and stand shoulder to shoulder with everyone all the time. And you don't have to hug and kiss every time you see your friends. You know, it's Yeah, it's
1: just people, humans are very touchy species, creatures of habit, We're creatures yes. of habit, too. So there are some people, you know, everyone fits into a different profile you know, psychological profile or social profile. And some people are going to want to, like my wife, she's a hugger. When she greets people, she hugs them. Even if she doesn't know them for the first time, she hugs them. And I'm a bit more reserved like you because I'm, I'm an introvert like you. And like, I'll, I'm gonna I'm going to use a stereotype, but we're gamers. We like to sit inside. Yes. We like to, you know, we like to not really socialize as much. We socialize through this medium of yes. gaming and it's it's very natural for us so putting us in those kinds of situations we're very fine standing back and saying look hi maybe i have a handshake but i'm actually way way more fine with not touching your hand so social distancing for i think a lot of gamers from our era are quite fine with this concept and understand the importance you know i'm not saying other people don't but we're we're a little bit more ad- adapted yes, to this. Yeah, I, think.
0: I agree with you. We are. We we sort of got a someone heads like, on that. But yeah,
1: but someone like um, my wife will, you know, find it quite difficult when she goes to meet someone like a friend up the road, you know, after this all blows over, and not reach out and give them a big hug, and a cuddle, and you know, how are you and all that. So it's gonna change because yes. now already I can see it's more of a when you wanna like. Yes, we don't really have a curfew like South Africa. And she wants to go out and meet a friend, but she's extremely cautious. So she says, I'll meet you like, but I'll stand behind your gate and talk to you, you know, or even now she'll ask and say, hey, if we're going to meet up, is your kid sick? No. OK, cool. Now we can meet. But otherwise, if she's like, is your kid sick? Oh, he's, he's had a fever lately. She'll be like, uh, no, I'll, we'll catch up another yeah, time,
0: yeah. you know. But I think that's going to change a lot going forward and it might not be as drastic as we think where the people will want to go back to that. Maybe people will start not wanting to go back to that. You know what I mean? People will start sort of doing the whole high wave, no hug, Mm. just because there's just extra chance. I mean, it's like it's like in the in the 60s and 70s or whenever it was that HIV became a big thing, you know, it was was the gays disease, you know, so it's yes. they were sort of ostracized. Because everyone was very homophobic. Yes, and everyone sort of got super-duper homophobic after that, and and the gays were ostracized, and it was it yep. was flipping awful. Meanwhile, that wasn't what it was all about. Anyone could get it. wasn't the case. Yes. but now with this, anyone can get it. It's fair game. This isn't the Chinese virus or the American virus or whatever. It's everyone's virus. No. Anyone can get this. And thing.
1: it's the thing people don't understand, like... I heard someone say the other day this virus needs no passport to enter your country Um, and it was very relevant because here in Ireland we have the Republic of Ireland which is an independent country and we have Northern Ireland which is part of the UK and the, U- the UK's measures are very different to Ireland's, you know, the Republic of Ireland. But yet we have no border. There's no physical border. There's no border checks. You can freely travel from one to the other. And it's a contentious issue with Brexit, as mm-hmm. everyone knows. And they refer to that as the backstop. And not to go into Brexit because I I'm That's not about that. That's a whole other yeah. but, <laughs> you know, but it brings up a valid point when they say, listen, you you guys up north are doing one thing. We're doing something else. People can travel freely through the two states, you know, or two nations, but this passport needs, I mean, this virus needs no passport to enter your state and infect your population. Yeah. You know?
0: It doesn't care. It so doesn't discriminate. It really is very much the Terminator. It doesn't care. You know, it, it, no, you can it be is, black, yeah. white, yellow. It's got you. It doesn't matter.
1: And... That brings me to another point, which in South Africa, I'm hearing from people I know in family and you, that a large part of the population thinks that this is a white man's virus, to put it bluntly, and that is just so naive. It's naive, but I can tell
0: you why I think that that has started, and it's something that I sort of picked up on sort of early, because there were it was very quick to be like 500 people and then everyone suddenly shocked because it's 500 people that are infected. But I I can almost guarantee you that that was 500 pretty much, or or close to white people because it was a white person that traveled overseas, brought it back, you know, that sort of thing. So it's, it's spread quickly among the whites. If you look at the the world map, if you look at that Bing COVID map, it looks very much like a first world country disease. And up north there, where they all got it really bad, there are 90% sort of white people. And, you know, it sort, yeah. sort of skews it to look like the white disease. But let me tell you, here, where we've got tuberculosis running rampant and HIV running rampant and undernourished, malnourished people everywhere, if yeah. it if it's starts going into that population... It's going to be a lot more than 1,170 people that are sick. And we've got one confirmed death and one suspected death at the moment. It's going to be far worse than that. So they can't, this whole, it's a white man's disease is very misguided. Just because someone white brought it here, it could have been anyone, you know?
1: Yeah. And I think that's just, that's the nature. Like, of the virus and how it spreads it spreads through contact and everyone will know that by now or listening to this but you know if it was a chinese person if it was a chinese south african national that yes. came over from and we china, do have a lot of chinese yeah that's a thing
0: we has got that we've got china malls do, so we've got like chinese sort of city almost going on it's quite a quite yeah. a serious thing here we've got a lot of ties with china as a country
1: but yeah back to my point on it is that if it did come from whatever community of person, right, or, or race if you want to go down that road, but if it's generally those people will socialize with people of their yes. community. So Asians would socialize with other Asians and that would spread through the Asian population yes. first before trickle down into other societies. So because it was a white person coming from France on a ski resort potentially that infected their family or, the f- you know, friends and family, that is why a majority of white people did get it but you know as as we know like it will then lead on to infecting potentially like their domestic workers that come into their house which are largely black people and they will take it into their homes and their townships that they live in and it will infect them and you know those are the people that are probably to be quite honest the most vulnerable and the most that need protecting because they generally are living not in poverty, but on the breadline, they're just getting by, you know, Um, so to have them potentially lose work, firstly, is putting huge pressure on them, and then to not, not be socially distancing properly, is probably the biggest problem, more so than the job loss, like it's arguably, you know, it goes hand in hand, but the problem they're having is, you know, if you tell them, listen, you can't come to work, because of i can't pay you for example you know that's that's a problem in itself but if you say i can't you can't come to work because you need to socially distance i don't think that's going to hit home for that population
0: yes uh, it won't oh very much be they're like, going to want to come to work about?
1: like i mean and it's it's hard even if for people that you know like the middle class that generally have domestic workers like my my family right in South Africa my mother has a domestic worker and she's kind of thinking well I I, I need to help this person because they're really vulnerable so I'm going to have them come in to work but less frequently and make sure I fetch them and drop them off you know to make sure that they're safe and they're not getting into a taxi or public transport to try and get you, which they can potentially get infected and infect me, talking from my mother's Mm. perspective, you know, or putting herself at risk because I need money, you know.
0: Yes, right now with the lockdown as well, there's a lot of uncertainty with with the domestic workers. Are they going to return to work? They can't come now because 21 days of lockdown. Um, and then, yeah. the, what are they going to do? So they're are they going to get paid for those days they haven't? Because a lot of them have got very informal agreements. I know with our with our domestic worker, we've got a very yeah. informal agreement, and we we discussed it with her, and we said we're going to pay her for the time that she's not here because she's going to need it. But we will give it to her at a lump sum when she comes back. You know. Mm. Um, I think that's
1: the honourable thing to do, and I know not a lot of people can, yeah. but I think the government is trying to at least say, look please try to help these people because they are vulnerable. And our
0: government for their part is so actually a, quite a big um, fund of trying to get people sorted out, you know, so they have taken UIF, the unemployment so. fund, to a whole new level. They really are trying to help, and they've, they've got uh, assistance plans for small businesses that are going to struggle through this because they've got no work, you know. So they've, they've really done a big part, but it's not going to help the individual. And those, those individuals that, that live in those sort of less formal settlements, not saying informal, mm. but less formal, sort of further out of the cities, yeah. and they they take you know the, the the public private transport taxi situation that we have here to work every day. Those people don't necessarily have the opportunity to socially distance where they are because there might be six of them in a house.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of overcrowding yes, yes. in their homes in general, and then in in their in like less formal settlements there's a lot of that happening and i think it's also um it's it's i think a lot of it might even be cultural they're very close um well like a close community right yeah, so. like a lot of like like not to call a spade a spade like white people aren't that close with their, even their own relatives but i think african families are a lot closer not just physically but like maybe even you know, emotionally, or they—they just—they—you—they—they they, they they tend to stick together more. Family. Yes,
0: yeah. They, they like, in the, in the sort of the white Western culture, we'll we'll move out our, own, we'll go on our own mission. We'll yeah. start our own families, and then our children will do the same thing. But with the sort of the African local uh, population and the less formal settlements, they will very much all stay in the same house from grandmother, great grandmother through to huge yeah. Newborn baby on the third or fourth generation town. so.
1: And that's that's it's not saying that that's good. No, or bad. it's, it's just, just it's saying that that's w- that's just is, the culture. It is, but it's that's it's the way it also is. risky it's like, for them.
0: Shame, you know. It's it's not a it's not a situation yeah. that you want to be in, good or bad, in this situation that the world. As is. a result,
1: it's yeah. As a result, it's affecting them very negatively, or it has the potential yes. to. Um, but you know, it's the same like not to, I don't want to go on this too long but you know Asian populations they grow up in a household where with very strict rules and like they they end up when they grow up they end up being um you know there's like a, there's a head of a household and you always listen to the person above you and their government is structured very much that way and that head of the household is takes on a lot of responsibility to look after everyone below them and That's how their government runs and that's how their households run and as a result people are very disciplined so and that's really what i wanted to talk about is when you look at china and what happened there and how they got out of it even though they have this socialism you know and this like they implemented very draconian measures to tackle the virus and it did work and there's some people don't believe the numbers coming out of china are accurate and whether they are they aren't regardless of the fact the people, which are the ones most, you know, mostly in control of what happens with the spread of this virus, are very disciplined, and they obey the orders, and they stay home. And across Europe, we see a mixed bag, you know, some countries, for example, in Ireland, they did a survey of people, um, just the general public, and they do it every week. And the latest results are that 86% of people are practicing social distancing correctly, like they're Openly admitting, yes, I'm doing it, Um, whether that's accurate or not, I don't know, but it's a good judge, you know, and I think depending on the country, like I know I've got a colleague that lives and works in Romania, and he says people there don't, they really don't really give a shit, you know, they just carry on with their day, and the government is trying to crack down hard, and I think that's potentially what could happen in South Africa, but we don't know, it's your first day of lockdown, so it's going to be interesting to see how it develops over the next two to three yeah,
0: weeks. It hasn't been a good start either, but uh, as, as again, it is the first day. So a weekend, it might it's be It's a different. shock factor, right? Very much a shock factor. Yeah, I mean, day some, one. Some guy got arrested because he rode his bicycle on one of the freeways in Johannesburg because it was empty. He was going for his cycle and he just went on the freeway and like he got arrested, bundled into a police car, jobs done you're just not listening. And, uh, you know what uh, I mean, that's just blatant, not listening. Yeah.
1: And I think in the first few days, and even this weekend, because it's the weekend, people generally want to go out more. They're going to maybe risk it. But I think come ne- early next week, people are going to really understand what's going on, especially if they're paying attention to the news, because if they're stuck inside, they're going to be paying attention to the news. And if they're going to be seeing all these arrests happen, they're going to go, oh, I need to... You know, I need to actually stay yeah. put. It, I mean, there were 40 plus
0: people arrested today here for, well, in South Africa because they were just not listening. And that's, that's the thing. Like, you, you're not even allowed to go for a jog. The rules are very different here to, no. to some of the lockdowns overseas where you're allowed to go for a jog or to walk your dog as long as you're alone and keep away from people. Here, there's none of that. Here yeah. you are inside or you are getting something essential.
1: Yeah, like from what I've seen across Europe, and I can speak to Ireland mainly, but, you know, I think a lot of countries have gone with the approach of, look, we're going to gradually lock down as and when needed, which is probably like the appropriate response. Um, like the UK has kind of left it, I think, a little yeah. late. Um, some people say like 10 days too late, maybe not so much, but maybe they left it a week too late. But, you know, when you say, right, I want you all to stay home and do this, but we're not going to enforce and they don't, they don't yes. listen, and a large percentage don't, then you have to crack down harder and harder. And I think South Africa's gone with, I'm gonna crack down hard from day one, because they just know how vulnerable the society yes. is. Uh, and how
0: much. the society here is very sort of stalwart and the I'm gonna do what I want sort of mindset. You yeah, know, I, I I'll speak it, locally, especially in the exactly. I mean there's it's almost weird. during a normal period, it's, it's, and it's going to sound terrible to say, but it's almost lawless. If you go into the center of town here, there's no police. Yeah, a The good police word. are very scared to go into the center of town here um, on a normal day. But now that this crackdown is happening, now now there's army in town. Now You know what I mean? Like now, now the police yeah. have to go in there. So there's going to be a lot of surprising things happening around the place.
1: I think it's also because I mean that's not all of South Africa, but there's a large part of it that operates like that with this like quote unquote lawlessness. Yes. Um, but that really stems, I think, from not to get into South African politics, but just a general lack of enforcement. Like there's a lot of police, um, you know, there's a lot of in, there's a lot of people on the road, traffic police, but they don't enforce. Yes, yeah, so they're very that's reactive the
0: and not proactive. They'll wait until something happens yes, and then so go. They won't be on exactly. every every block corner or anything and
1: instead of pulling someone over for jumping a light they let it slide and you know when you let small things slide it just leads to bigger problems. so i think there's a big there's a big culture shock they're going wait hang on a minute the police are
0: i don't want to say doing their jobs police are actually enforcing enforcing and there's things people are in charge here now yeah
1: yeah and it's such a culture shock that you know a lot of people will be defiant and i think that's normal and you're going to see some of that. Um, and it's not going to go no, well. Not for those people. Um, They're going so to learn. Not for those people. So tensions could rise. But, you know, for the majority of the population, if I was in South Africa now, like as you are, I would just stay the yes. hell home and not go anywhere unless I really need something. Because honestly, when you think about it, th- there's a lot of benefits to staying home. Like, whenever in your life have you been told, listen, just go home for three weeks it's not a holiday but just stay yeah. indoors you can catch up on all the tv shows you missed that you've wanted to watch for how long you can you know like us gamers love it because you can stay home and you can play games yes. all day it also leads us like into you never get this our next opportunity. Topic of
0: working from home during this period which is which mm. is interesting to me because i think there's going to be a lot of this after the virus has passed and this is sort of when we, when we reach into the tail end and the aftermath of this, I think there's going to be yeah. a drastic rush of people that start working from home more. But, so yes, more but but that's that's something that's going to start now and something that's been very rushed of late is, oh, shit, things are locked down. We need to, People need yeah. to work. A lot of people, I'm um, talking lawyers, even teachers... People that, that have work to do that they have the ability to do remotely. I'm not I'm not saying miners and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, because there's obviously a lot that needs hands on stuff.
1: Yeah, like take construction. It's been it's been a big point in the news here, and I won't go into details why, but construction needs to still continue. Yes. You need to, for example,
0: build hospitals. Yeah, so you can't just stop a build building roads. halfway through and just leave it either because there's there's obviously yeah. this damage that so can occur and that sort of thing, you know. So so,
1: yeah, so, in, you know, that just leads to um, this, there's obviously a lot of jobs that just cannot facilitate remote work, but there's a lot of jobs that can. And I think, especially in a third world country like South Africa, there's a lot of jobs that can potentially be done from home that just aren't yes, be, yes. being done because there's
0: this, there's this mindset. Almost a stigma around it, it where if you're working from home, you must not be working. You know? Yeah,
1: there's, there's that because it's there's a lack of, again, like I said, lack of trust. And it's not only in South Africa. It's also in Ireland and some of the, the sort of businesses that are run by older generation. Yes. That this concept of work is, and I have a good ter- um, terminology or quote for this, is that they have this mindset of work is where I go. Work is not something mm. I do. And you need to reverse that and say work is what I do, not yes. where I go. In the yes, I like I like you know. a lot, yes. So it's everything's being flipped on its head, but I think people need to start thinking creatively to solve the problem. Like um, a lot of delivery services, yeah, like a lot of um, uh, how can I say restaurants and stuff that typically would have seating, like even McDonald's is an example, they're they're officially shut, but they're smaller, like local locally owned businesses that are being told, look. You can still operate, but you must offer a delivery service or um, people can collect, collection only, but within certain strict guidelines, right? So what a lot of the delivery service companies, like you've got Mr. Delivery, here we've got uh, one called Just Eat. They all do the same thing, but they do a contactless delivery where they either force you to pay online or they'll bring a device that you can tap and pay with. But ultimately, you want to pay online, and then what they'll do is just drop the food off at your door, knock on your door, take a few steps back, you collect your stuff, and you wave, you know, thank you. You don't tip, because cash is a problem. That's an easy way to transmit. Um, But yeah, that's that's like very, very quick and simple things,
0: um, you know, that businesses are starting to do. Yeah, we had that. We did have that, but... uh. Yeah. obviously now with the lockdown that's been taken away but we did have mr delivery would leave it you could you could show the gentleman when he delivered okay. where to put it on the floor and then you could pick it up and take it after he'd put it down completely contact us but since the lockdown that's been done away with they did say initially that they were going to allow it as a food service you know to to happen but okay. then it's just yeah. been scrapped That's just closed
1: they have to start doing these sorts of things i mean i was even chatting to uh the like the person at the checkout at the tesco um and like over here i don't know what your limit is but you can only tap here if it's under 30 euros i think what is south africa is it 200, 250
0: rand round? for me but it depends on your bank and i know with my bank you can change it in their app on your phone so you can set the limit to whatever you okay. want some banks if you go to a certain amount you have to put a pin in, even if you tap, which sort of defines the object of contactless.
1: What ultimately here, contactless is 30 euro. It's it's set by the central bank, I think. I think that's what governs it. So everyone is adheres to the 30 euro limit for obvious reasons like fraud. But like my bill came to like 40 euro and I'm like, oh, I've got to put my card in and then I have to touch a keypad, you know, and I'm thinking, oh, shit. Now what? Now I've got to sanitize before I leave, you know, or when I get to my car because I don't want to touch my car and touch a steering wheel and all that. So I do keep hand sanitizer in the car. But um, it's just, you know, that that problem needs to be solved. And the cashier, I was just like, oh, man, I wish I could have just tapped. And she said, well, they're supposed to be increasing the limit to 50. And it got me thinking, well, why can't I set my Mm -hmm. own limit? You know, and businesses need to start doing this, you know, so that you can you know avoid spreading disease because yes this is affecting us majorly now but you know history shows us this happens once every sort of century so it's going to happen again and probably in a 100 years time there's going to be you know hopefully if we're still here this well not we but the next generation there's going to be vastly different technology who knows you'll probably pay everything wirelessly contactlessly you know with a chip in your arm or something
0: i know something that i've Samsung Pay as I'm sure you know and everyone that's listening knows is um, Samsung's answer to Apple Pay so you add your card has to Mm -hmm. be supported by the bank and then you can use your phone to pay and uh, it's completely contextless it's it's amazing and and they recently my bank was like the last one to be added which infuriated me but they've actually added them now and when I went and I did my grocery shop on Monday to get ahead of the lockdown story um i used my phone to contactlessly pay was about two thousand rands worth and it was smooth not a i didn't have mm. to touch anything no pin nothing i just put my phone near it went pay fingerprint jobs done didn't have to touch well, anything from a tech perspective
1: yeah like from a technology standpoint and from a fraud standpoint apple pay and samsung pay and any kind of device pay like that is far more secure than yes, just your just card tap to pay, yes. you know it's it's far more because you can just anyone can steal a card and tap it and you can spend yes. money. But with an iPhone or the Android phone, you can't mm-hmm. do that. You need the fingerprint. So it's it's two factor auth for yes, payments. It really, is, really. Yes.
0: And it's it's so useful. That's and it, it, it works in theory works with um, Samsung one anyway with with those card readers that don't necessarily have the, the wireless tap to pay feature. Mm. So if you put your phone near it it pretends that it's the swap or the chip that goes in into the into the car, into the, the reader um, which is really useful as well so that you don't have to sort of put your card in in some places because they don't necessarily have the tap yeah, to it's, pay. For it's it's becoming a
1: problem. And I think I think companies like Mastercard and like um, Visa and probably American Express all these card, you know, companies that have made billions off of their systems need to really change change it up because it's it's just not sustainable to, to keep operating like with money like that and that you could go down all Bitcoin road but you know it's it's just something needs to yeah. change. They need to come up with new ways. I like of doing the
0: Samsung it. Apple Pay sort of way of doing it because it's very much like Zappa here is a sort of a similar sort of deal where you scan a QR code to pay. Mm. PayPal for online, you also get like privacy.com, I think it is, that lets you create fake cards or like one-use cards cards or or disposable cards. Yeah, I wouldn't call them fake because I misspoke. But disposable cards, single-use cards or cards dedicated to one specific vendor with a limit. Um, Those all sort of virtual card services, let's call them, are much more reliable, safe and hygienic in today's day and age to use then t- yeah. giving someone your card is dodgy, tapping a thing is dodgy t- putting a pin in on a on a keypad is like they don't clean that keypad then you've got to remember yeah. to sanitize and not touch your face you know it's it's, it's a whole thing it's, it's definitely
1: I think it's a lot of information to take in for the general public like I think for you, someone like you and me who's very in- involved in the tech industry we can see massive benefits and we're more than happy to move with the times and as technology changes we embrace it a A lot lot quicker yeah or a lot quicker than the general average joe or you know your parents for example who are probably the you know the latest people to adopt technology like um it's just the way the way of the world you know
0: um yeah i'm sure one day we'll be those people that want to be slow about it but
1: I'm not too sure about that. I just think it's a massive generational difference. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's maybe a good point to talk about in a future episode, I think,
0: because
1: I can see how easy it is to get yeah, sidetracked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> as no, we can do that. One. We can definitely <laughs> talk
0: about that in the future. Yeah, that would be an interesting topic. But I
1: wanted to talk a bit on um, back on to like, working remotely. Yeah, I had, you know, I had and a few thoughts and,
0: and sort of tips that, on that as well that we, we can go over. Yeah, Yeah, I think that's a good place. You've been doing it longer than I have as well. It was sort of leading into this year as a bit of background. One of my goals for 2020 before the whole coronavirus thing hit was to find a way to be able to work remotely more so that I didn't have to necessarily go to the office every day. Um, It was something that I didn't know how to approach or anything with my my work um, or with my staff because I have staff under me at, at my work. Um, because obviously there's a whole oh but he just doesn't come to work sort of situation that'll happen um, yeah it's that mindset yes, we were exactly, talking exactly. about
1: right? it's the lack of trust that if, you, if you're if you not at work you're not exactly. doing work Like, and I think for you it's probably like you say it's something you were trying to do it's probably something that you've been trying to slowly do over a long time because you need you could do it tomorrow yes. but you need that buy in from your company your boss your staff you know and then they're gonna say well why can't i do that exactly so there's a lot of a lot of things just a lot of problems to solve yes
0: but now it's sort of been dropped on everyone i mean i built out my home office on monday because i I moved from a, a space dedicated to gaming uh into a space that i needed to to actually be able to sit and work in as well um so i built that all out on monday um and it's just been it's been Quite an eye opener. I actually, barring not having air conditioning where I am now, I have a better office at home than I do at work. Um, yeah, and that's just something that we because you see, can make it you know, people need to look at and see that you know you, you you can be comfortable as you say at home, and you can get work done. I've often I've, I've had discussions with people at work that it's like I'll go to work in a t-shirt and long pants, and they say it, you know you're not yeah. dressing as a manager, and I'll say no, but I'm more effective because I'm more comfortable. You know, like if I I have to do some hot work and I have to go carry servers or PCs or whatever the case may be, I don't want to be wearing a long sleeve. Yeah, and that's, I
1: I think that that does also stem back to a very much South African thing that you come to work in really formal clothes. Dressed to your station um, and all that. yeah, and I, I think that's that still applies to a lot of industries. It
0: does. It I really mean, you wouldn't trust a lawyer that walked in in jeans and a t-shirt <coughs> so much. You know, or no, a and also or
1: when you go to a retail shop, and you 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 know you're in a Woolworths or something, you expect people to be dressed well and presentable. But when it comes to these jobs, like oh, like a construction worker is not going to no, dress up. Exactly. You know what I mean? They're already coming to work in casuals and putting on their PPE and that going off. Um, but in IT, which it's not unique, there's a lot of industries that this happens. If you're not client yes. facing, this is the if, if you're not customer facing, and you're not physically meeting a customer, there's no reason why you can't go to work as casual yes. as. I'm you not can saying do. slops and, and a, you know flip
0: flops and, and a <coughs> short pants. Well, but you know, long pants, chinos, reason. Know, safety shoes. I wear safety shoes, um, and uh, a black T-shirt. I'm not saying go to, go in some branded, colorful, multicolored stupid shirt, just a black or yeah. a gray, some so profe- like, semi-professional looking t-shirt. But, you know, y- y- as you say, you're yeah, not it doesn't have to be massively exactly. branded. You just need to
1: you need to look presentable, but it, you can still be casual and presentable. I think yes. that's the, yes. the bottom line. You know, you can still be you can still rock up at work and arrive smart, ready for work and comfortable. And it's something that like my company has been doing for quite a long time. Um, where like for me I work you know as a, a software engineer really and I do a bit of like operational work and I do a bit of software development as well. We do like a mix of everything and we do customer support but we're not customer facing in the fact or in they the sense see of you. physically yeah, being so. present. So because of that the large majority of the people that do what I do go to work in jeans and a pair of tackies you know, or some some like to wear trainers, runners, whatever you want to call them here, um, and a shirt or some wear college shirts, some go really formal, but you can kinda come as you want because whatever's gonna work for you and makes you comfortable is ultimately gonna make you more productive. Yeah. And the same applies to working from home. But in saying that, I don't think it's beneficial to just wake up in the same clothes no. every day and no. work. You know, it's it's a good thing to try and and so I think one of your points that you wanted to maybe mention is around making sure your work, when you're working from home, that you dedicate a space yes. to it. Even if you don't have the physical space, It needs to be a corner or a room yes, or somewhere. a desk yes. somewhere that when you are there, that is work. And you, you still get up and you get ready as if you're going to work, but you're just doing yes. it from home. And you
0: and it flips a routine you into a work as mode. Well. Also, it works into the same other yeah. points I had, but it's in the same sort of vein as... If you're going to work from home, you don't want to wake up, start going to bed at 12, waking up at 10, keeping your own hours, because your life's no. going to slip. You need to you need to keep a routine, whether it's the same one as you had, not necessarily the same one as you had when you have to go to work every day, because mm-hmm. I, I mean, I would get up at 530. It's going to be 7:30 now, because I don't yeah. have a lot of the same stuff to do in the morning to go somewhere. But start work at the same sort of time or set a time at eight o'clock, work time. And then, you know, try to keep a routine. Like, you're going to have lunch at 12. Not necessarily. I mean, even when I go to work, I don't have an hour's lunch. I never take an hour. It's always, I'll just sit, eat my food, and then it's time to go again. So it's 10, 15 minutes. But then do that 10, 15 minutes at the same time that you would at work, at home. And just do that sort of thing.
1: Yeah, the routine is kind of key to, you know, I mean, the the thing with what's happening now around the world and how it ties into working from home. And something I wanted to point out is that, I think I heard this in, there was a work email or something that went around because they've been sending out a lot of information on tips and working from home, you know, for people that have done seminars and TED talks and all these things in the past that are now very relevant today. And all that is, is working from home has always been something that companies are trying to achieve, especially in first world countries. They, They realize there's benefits like from a cost perspective i don't need to build a big yes. building to have my five thousand employees you know i can have half that space and have most of them work remotely and come in just for meetings or s- yes. stuff like that so the world is moving towards that model anyway third world countries like south africa are still trying to embrace that they're playing catch-up because there's a lot of at least in south africa there's a lot of that old school mindset but all this is doing the coronavirus is just accelerating that adoption it's accelerating the rate at which we were going to yeah. work from home. It's bringing it forward the by maybe a year, yes. two, three. So it's a catalyst and that's, that's a positive thing because there's a lot of benefits to working from home. There's a lot of obviously negatives as well, like if you constantly work from home and don't go to the office, you know, you lose that social interaction, that quick coffee with yes, a colleague yeah. or something that you want to have a chat, you know, where you're building this relationship building. Because you're breaking down barriers, asking people how their weekend was and stuff like that, and you might not have that if you're constantly working from home. So I think it's still yes. a balance.
0: Much like you but have to have a balance it's when important. you're working at home, is that you don't want to work suddenly more because you feel you have to, and that's something that your your wife has struggled with, and that's something that I yeah, was so we've been struggling about. with this. And it's I saw it's on
1: one of your points you wanted to mention around having balance, and it is difficult because, especially given the situation now. But you know now you've got like my wife and I now both working from home, and uh, you know it's a sudden change. And we have a we have a we have a, a nine month old. He's almost nine months, so he's very hands on, needs attention. But you've got two parents working from home. But even if you took him out of the equation and he went off to daycare you know, a creche or whatever, having two people working from home, it's still, you need to know when there's time to work. And, you know, when, when work ends and home begins, you need that distinction. And I think what you've done in your home offices, is, is probably the best thing is if you have the space, make one room a office, you know, not everyone has that, yes, all all know, the luxury, ability yes. to do that. but. If you can separate that you can then know when you walk into that room it's work mode and when you leave you know you switch off and you you're in home mode and you go about stuff in your household but because of the coronavirus and all the uncertainty and this you know there's a lot of fear of am i going to lose my job how long am i still going to do this job yes you know how's it going to affect me how's it going to affect my partner whatever the the natural i think knee-jerk reaction is to work harder and work more And I certainly started doing that. My wife certainly started doing that. And we were just trying to crank out work. But, you know, we thought after doing this now, we're almost two weeks in lockdown not lockdown. I don't want to call it that because we're not effectively locked down. Um, We're we're two weeks into it and we're starting to see this is not sustainable and we have to change our ways. And, you know, we have to really think about when work must end and call it at a certain time and because we you know, also having a very young kid, he needs a lot of attention and we owe it to him to give him that attention. So it's very important to do to strike a balance and we're still trying to figure it out. And like I don't have the answers and you don't, but
0: like I have we have tips, yeah, right? That's the best we can do. And so that's I mean the tips sort of list will grow, our experience will grow the more it happens, you know. I did the same thing. I mean I want to leave I think you'll this see a lot of that in the working world. because you know, you feel, yeah. well, shit, you have to do something. You have to look like you're useful, even though I, I'm, on, I'm on leave technically for this week and next, regardless of whether there's lockdown yeah. or not. Um, but because we've decided that the staff on leave will be on standby to support the staff that are technically on duty during this period, in case there's right. extra work, in case there's extra load, because people are trying to figure out how to work from home. Uh, sort of went into overdrive mode built out the home office you know i sort of started paying attention to work emails and working in teams and and doing all of that this week yeah i'm even supposed to be off so i mean it is a thing and there is a balance that needs to be struck and it, it is it is healthy to remember for like in my instance i am on leave i do need to take it easy i have just been sick not with corona but I have just been sick, so coming in straight into the leave from yeah. the sick has been rough and, and strange and weird, but there, there is balance there too, that I have to realize that I didn't really, like I worked, I was sick, and now I'm, now I'm on leave.
1: Yeah, but you're working, so you're still figuring out yeah. that balance, and I think like you you, you mentioned earlier, and it, it just made me realize, you said, oh, I've been doing this for quite a while, and... Yes, I kind of have, but it's been very much on and off because my work allows me to work remotely when I feel I need to. For example, they're very flexible if I have a delivery, a very important delivery that I want to take at home. You know, that's too big to deliver to the office or something like that. I'm allowed to work from home. Um, So I've been doing it on and off the odd days, and sometimes I've done it for full weeks at a time. And I'm, I'm quite comfortable doing it and used to it. But I do already see, like, you know, my wife's also from South Africa, and there's there's that knee-jerk reaction again of I'm working from home. My boss can't physically see me, what I'm doing, and see my screen. So I need to graft really hard, you know, and put in extra hours just to prove that I'm doing my work. And I think that mindset is slowly going to change with people that are in that kind of situation because me knowing I can do my work, you know, that I've been doing it for quite a while now and know that when it hits five o'clock or whatever time I am working that week because I work shifts, um, that I can turn off and my boss will never ever question it because firstly, we have trust and, you know, secondly, he knows the quality of my work. So if um, if I've given a bunch of tasks to do for a week, he doesn't care when I do them as long as by the end of the week as as they're, they're done. done. Yeah. Um, and if, if, I, if they're done ahead of time, you know, it's up to me to say, hey, there's something else I can do or how else can I contribute or, you know, what other work needs doing or I take my initiative and find something that needs doing. And in my company, there's always something to do. So, you know, I can never sit on my laurels and yeah, just do nothing. let the world pass me by because I'll be out of a job very, very quickly. And I think it brings up a very interesting point because I believe, People fall into two camps, especially in South Africa and probably here too, probably around the world. Either you're the kind of person that knows you have work and you need to do work to earn a living. And there's other there's another camp of people, it's probably a bad way of describing it, but another camp of people that just if I don't have anything to do, I'm more than happy to sit on my ass and just warm a yeah, chair. Yeah. You know? And those people will see coronavirus yes, as a holiday. Exactly which is the worst. And they will. Yeah, 21 days of being off in South Africa, you know. um, But I do think some people in that camp would have jumped camps when they go, Oh, crap, I might lose my job. You know, I need to now justify my existence and try and work from home where I can and show that I'm doing it. Um, They might just do a bit more than what they used to. But I think a lot of people will either just use it as a free ride. But I think very, very quickly, you know, as this develops, people are going to realize that, oh, if I don't actually work, I'm not yeah. going to get paid. And the way we measure these kinds of like how people are working needs to change as well. You know, I think people need to be held accountable a bit yeah. more. There's also a lot of intangibles you know, s- some that, jobs that happen
0: with jobs that you can't necessarily are. quantify as easily as I've closed this ticket. You know, that's.
1: Yeah, because uh, not everyone works on a ticketing yeah, I mean, system. Yeah, we
0: don't. Like some people just field calls yes, all yeah. day. You know. And I mean, I work. It. I'll work on my budget, or I'll I'll work on ordering stock we need, or you know that sort of thing. And that's ne- not necessarily tangible mm. from the point of view where sure my boss will see that he has to pay people that I've ordered things from. But yeah. you know, it's not necessarily clear that I did this. You know what I mean? Like, like there's a lot of stuff where like I'll. Yeah. Make a decision on the fly, and that something will change, workflow wise or something, and you know, it's intangible. No one knows that it's happened except whoever I've affected, be it one of my staff or a different. It's very of staff. difficult to yeah.
1: estimate, right? And that it's like it's a it's interesting because there's a there's obviously a very big difference between South Africa and Ireland, um, for you know obviously, but when it comes to working hours, I do think South Africans typically. Have to work their normal, whatever eight hours a day or nine hours a day, but inherently it's like an underlying rule that you generally have to do a little bit extra, you know, just to justify yes. your job. Yeah. You know, there's no sense of you just clock off if you, if you just if you clock in on time and you clock out at five, you're kind of seen as oh, you're taking the company for a free ride and you know you're just taking a paycheck, but. It shouldn't really be the case. And that's something that needs yes. to change. No, I mean, we've um, had the like discussion Europe, about you can only when work. you're sick
0: as well. Yeah. And how South Africans like when I was sick, how I felt about how I've been missing work and how I feel terrible that I'm missing work. But that's that shouldn't be the case. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be because your health, I think, you
1: know, obviously needs to come first. But I think the world is going to start changing in in the way they view people's you know, time off for sick, for sicknesses and for their health reasons it's going to be a lot more prominent it needs yeah. to be because clearly it's it's largely you know under I don't know what's the word under appreciated yes. you know
0: that is it's it's very much yeah a lot a lot of Changes. There's a lot of things that i don't know necessarily if it carries over to a lot of other countries but here yeah, it's very much like if i feel sick in my if i use myself as an example if i'm sick and i'm at home i feel bad for not being at work as a manager as well as a member of staff who has work to do um i feel like yeah. I've, you know my staff now i have to manage alone you know and I, I feel bad for that um and there's there's a lot of like like for example one of the things that i noticed about myself recently the last few days after moving into the office and everything is that I realize that like if I'm I'm not even though I'm on leave and I'm not technically I don't have to look at my Mac all the time I don't have to have teams open all the time I feel I feel that there's there's pressure to have that little green tick to say I'm available which is which is a bit stupid you know what I mean like I feel like because now I've like okay well I'm not working I've checked my mail I'm up to date Everything's fine. I don't have to do anything. I can go back to my holiday yeah, time right now. now. Yes. I, I feel that little bit of pressure when I'm like, well, I'm going to lock my Mac. It means it's going to go orange and it's going to say I'm not available. or I'm idle. You know, yeah. it's, it's weird pressure. Which is,
1: it is a mindset that needs to change. It's, and it's something like, I think even for some people that work in offices that have that where their manager might be in a different building or location like there is still that pressure you know um and i know a lot of companies in south africa one big ones you know big big companies in the insurance industry one that i used to actually work for there was that pressure and it's it's a weird thing but you know things need to change and you know i think as people we need to realize that we need to try and realize that, that pressure you know we're putting it on ourselves yeah we really.
0: are. i mean i used to do this thing um i had this boss that used to phone me on my cell phone even if i was in my office at my current job i just had a different boss, and she she would phone and she'd say darian where are you and i'd be like i'm in my office and then i thought to myself why 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 ask me where i am all the time so she never used to say how are you or anything she would strange. just say darian where are you so i would say In my office, where are you? And that was sort of, they'd be like, "Uh, in my office too. And then they'd sort of get to the point. Or if she phoned and she didn't ask how I was, she'd say, blah, 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 problem, problem. I'd be like, hi, how are you? Before I answered the actual question. Just to sort of derail them and get them back onto the sort of courteous, because she wasn't very courteous, get her back onto the sort of courteous track. And then I'd deal with whatever the, the thing was. But that's the sort of thing that, that that pushes a person into feeling pressured into like, oh, Darian, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like,
1: so that's, I think that stems from a separate issue of just um, managers yeah, in you general. Yeah, to get some poor Because we see that as well. Like, yeah. And some people get like, not to sidetrack this, but it's probably a good talking point for another discussion as well. But some managers are just not born to be managers. You know, or lack of the actual training because it's just, you know, they're yeah. just terrible. Like, for example, being courteous and
0: They don't realize that managing is about people. You can't manage everyone people. with the same yeah, brush. Managing is about people. It's not about yeah being the boss and bossing people around. and Yeah.
1: Yeah. But uh, that's a, actually, I, I do want to talk on that for next podcast probably because like, I have some interesting ideas and just uh, stuff I've learned from, You know where I work and how they use the term manager and what it means and what they're supposed to actually do. So yeah, Yeah, we must we must make notes um, of these
0: things that we keep sidetracking ourselves and each other with, because they they'll be interesting topics for future. I'll listen to this back.
1: Yeah. So um, yeah, I think coming back to so the future of work and how we work is going to change. It's not it's changing overnight very rapidly, but you know, people are going to take time to adjust, it's going to be, there's going to be this general reaction of either I need to work really hard or I'm going to take it easy, you know, but it all comes down to balance, like you said, um, and, you know, there was a really good, um, I, I think it was someone at my, my company said it, but they, they said these are very uncertain times and, you know, h- however we were working before, is, it's, n- it's not business as usual, they actually used the term, it's business as mm-hmm. unusual. Because, you know, which I liked, and they said, it's, um, we have to try and navigate, he said, it's not going to be a straight line, but we have to kind of navigate through what's happening to find a new yes. normal, which is very relevant, because it's no. not going to be the same. And if you have any kind of hopes that it's going to go back to normal, it's not, it's you know, this, this, vi- this virus is serious and it's going to be here for a long time and we all talk about flattening no, the but curve. But there's a fundamental what change you that is going to
0: happen. You're going to flatten that curve and that, then you're going to extend it. You know what I mean? But you also have to consider
1: there's, there's going to be a rebound curve. It's not yes. one curve you're going to flatten because you can either have a massive spike, overwhelm a healthcare system mm-hmm. and then it all goes down and you have millions of dead people, you have millions of sick people and you know, it's just—it's a very bad situation yes. to be in. Or you have you control the spread and you kind of release it in waves and think of it like a, an ocean of multiple waves. And no one knows how many waves we're going to have, but we're going to have to try and have a, a lot of small waves rather than one massive yeah, yeah. tsunami. No, so,
0: yeah, as you say, that is. The, the fabric of society is going to fundamentally change because there's no the normal of 2018 2019 that sort of normal situation the normal society is not going to be a thing even even post yeah i think, I think, it's, I think it's, it's going it's to gonna change. change a lot of things
1: there's and these are good really good points for for next week i think is uh things like um universal basic income. Because of what's happening, c- countries are starting to do this. And people that have been asking for this are going, hang on a minute, you can actually do this. And, the, you know, government's response are, well, it's temporary and it's not going to be forever. But potentially it could be. So there's that kind of discussion that's bring brought forward, you know, just like the work from home stuff is yeah. being brought forward. Um, and there's other things, oh, I just had it off the top of my head, one of them was that work from home was the other um i've lost it i'll see if it comes back but yeah i mean there's there's a lot of these things that are gonna gonna you know questions are gonna be asked oh the other one that that's what it was was you know we have all these billionaires you know around the world and why i know the u.s is trying to like really really clamp down while some people in the u.s some parties don't want billionaires they want to tax the wealthy so that they can have a better middle class, because arguably that is the workforce of the country, in any country. And most countries, as you see, especially corrupt ones, they kind of tax and tax and tax the middle class and either push them into poverty, or the ones that are lucky squeeze through and pop out the other end and become millionaires or own businesses. So the wealthier get wealthier, the the poorer get poorer, and the middle class just gets squeezed till there's nothing left, so it's creating Mm. a divide you know but as a result of all these billionaires like surely that money that there's no need for them you know there's people it's just bringing that conversation forward saying do we need all the billionaires can their wealth not be used to help distribute should we maybe start taxing them sooner than we maybe anticipated so we can afford to pay the salaries of all the millions that don't have jobs and i mean that conversation was already happening because in the world of tech we already see the threat, threat of AI, in quotes, yeah. air quotes there, the threat of AI taking our jobs, what are we going to do? We need universal basic income, you know, all that is being accelerated by the virus. And I think maybe that's the, the take home from today is, you know, everything is changing, everything's being brought forward, all these conversations, and it's probably an information overload. But I guess for anyone listening, just, just take it day by day. Um, take a deep breath, it's, you know, you're in lockdown potentially, mm. you might be just starting in your country, you might be just ending, but just think back of, over this time, it's, you know, the, the, the only thing, the best thing for you to yes. do is nothing. Take it day by day. It's the only one time in your life, the one time in your life you get to sit back and do absolutely nothing, so maybe just take stock of what you have, and it also makes you realize the things you have don't yes. matter. It's, it's the people in your life. reflect on
0: what you've got and what you could potentially lose yeah
1: or what you are grateful
0: grateful for you i mean it shows you you could
1: lose everything overnight um like one of my family members was like having a chat to me and saying you know what i've lost over two million rand on the stock market gone gone and that's my retirement savings potentially Mm. you know in the future And my advice is, well, it will bounce back. It's going to take a long time, you know. Don't touch your money. Don't be stupid and take your stocks out. Because that's the worst. If anything, if you had extra and if you were in a good position, like to set yourself up, probably buy now. Yeah, buy buy some some toilet paper stocks. Invest a bit more if you can. (laughs) Something. Yes. Um, Something. You know, anything. There's, but not to go into stocks or anything. But yeah, there's this. You know it can be beneficial but at the same time people right now are probably first and foremost thinking I, I need to I need to survive and secondly I need money because I'm worried about my family or people I love and it just shows you that those things are what's important. Earning an income number one priority and second one well you could they're probably equally the same but that your health and your ability to earn money it's like front yeah. and center. At least that's yeah. for me.
0: And one affects the other. Inextricably, yeah, they, they go hand in hand. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, I find I find it fascinating. I find cool. the whole discussion about how things are going to change fascinating. I hope we can talk about that a lot more in future episodes because.
1: Yeah, I think we will kind of measure it over time as we discuss it to say what's happening with you, what's happening with me, you know, yeah. what's happening with the world, what's what's changing um it's going to be very interesting yeah and how tech is going to be affected affected
0: how how phones tablets pcs laptops tech in general is going to be delayed you know that sort of thing All very interesting to see
1: i think um also it would be a good thing to talk about just general the whole global warming you know and how that's affecting all industries as well, on top of what's happening yeah. now, because some people believe, you know, that it's somehow linked, and that this is Mother Nature's, you know, saying, "Listen, pay attention, you know, you need to look after the Earth, and you need to think about what's important." I don't know if no, i buy into it. I don't it, necessarily,
0: but, but it's something. But it is it is something. It's something worthwhile worth well, to keep in mind. Yeah.
1: Well, just to see how like yeah like everything is changing in tech and a lot of it stems started like from the whole global warming you know and or say climate change rather than global warming because apparently that's not correct because some parts of the mm-hmm. world aren't warming but yeah that's a f- that, that started a chain effect in tech to say we want to go green we want to you do this you know and it makes it brings a lot of questions up about know should we have so much tech that's disposable throwaway phones every two years and all that um, and how that will had that obviously will change and with the coronavirus how that needs to change as well you know from how we use tech and how we consume it because we're going to need yeah. more tech also how it's manufactured Just This develops, yeah how it's manufactured and where it's yeah. manufactured You know, supply chains, because we're seeing now, for example... Most of the stuff um, in China. Because of the coronavirus, yeah, all the PPE stuff is manufactured in China. And a lot of the test kits are made there. And the Irish government was trying to uh, purchase test kits from one of the Asian countries, right? And uh, they had told the public, look, we've managed to secure, we've had to do a lot of, like, bidding to secure... X number of te- 30,000 tests, right? And they're coming, and they're coming next week, and, you know, don't worry, we're going to be on top of this and all that. But it made me realize, shit, all these countries are basically going to probably the same supplier or a couple of suppliers and saying, we want to yeah. buy your stuff. And they're all trying to bid, outbid each other and say, we'll pay more, yeah. we'll pay this, you know, to get what they need to protect did you see the that's business. exactly so what happened in America
0: with, uh, with ventilators and uh, yeah. just general hospital equipment, masks, gloves, that sort of thing. The uh, the states really were outfitting each other. So like one that. state put in an order and said, we're going to yeah. pay you X for all of your hospital equipment to company Y, for example. And then a different state pulled in and went, we'll pay you more. So they shipped it there. And then uh, the state that originally yeah. ordered was like, well, you know. shit. You know, and that's... Because profits are exactly, everything. everything. So they're looking at freezing the prices of that sort of thing. And I mean you just look at the general public. I mean, here, pick and pay and all the, a yeah. lot of the stores were caught price fixing and doing dodgy things and it's it's just a shock. There's you know? always
1: gonna be people in society that yeah, take there's advantage. There's always gonna be someone trying like, to profit from someone else's be.
0: misery. It's just what just human nature really, and capitalism in a nutshell.
1: Yeah. That is capitalism in a nutshell. And uh, uh, that's a really good point to talk about um, another episode is just like uh, I'm quite interested in how we are in a late stage capitalism and, you know, what that entails and, you know, the benefits of socialism and actually how maybe yeah. th- like we always Probably talk different about balance, ism. but maybe there should be a, ba- a happy balance.
0: Yes, some sort ism, of differentism because not necessarily communism, socialism or capitalism, but somewhere in between. Something different, something that yeah. no one's thought of properly yet, or something. I'll tell you what it is. Marsism, <laughs> is. <and we're> <laughs> I'm <laughs> yeah, down. I'm That's going to be a good, good thing yes. to talk
1: about. But um, okay, cool. I think I think we could. I think we veered off topic. Yeah, I think many we could times. wrap it up. We're probably good for yeah, episode I think we one. We could wrap
0: it up. Yeah. Thank you for. It's actually
1: been so for all the viewers just all the listeners viewers Something. i'm not on youtube yet but same thing for the listeners viewers whatever you are you know um i think t- this is obviously episode one and we've actually been procrastinating about doing this for quite a number of weeks before months. this crisis hit us months. but months yeah and we had everything set up and geared to go and ready to sit down and do this but it's just never materialized and it's just one of the things just as a takeaway is that like this situation has probably brought me and you yeah. closer a little bit, you know, and made us sit down to do this to talk about things that we think are important. And uh, it's it's just a good thing. So there's it's not all negative. You know, maybe take yes, take that away. To look at positive the
0: positives, how the world will change for the better. And yeah, even amid the crisis. First
1: and foremost. Yeah. And like first and foremost, people need to just stay at home, stay, stay healthy. You know, look look after yourself first and foremost. Wash look after your yourself, heads. and it's something my dad has always said. Like my father has always said, you can't look after a child, a loved one, a family member unless you yourself yes. are healthy. So take care of yourself so that you can put yourself in a position to take yes. care of
0: others. It's solid advice. Same goes for and work I'll end on because that. take care of yourself, and then you can work harder. You know. <laughs> yeah. yeah <laughs> no but thank you thank you for awesome finally sitting down with me to do this thank you for
1: yeah thank you for for fixing your shitty mic to g- actually ah, get it to good work. good lord <laughs> I've <I not> had <laughs>
0: issues this evening hopefully this is recorded nicely and everyone can laugh at our jokes at the end yeah
1: <laughs> all right well i'll look forward to talking to you in a couple of days when we put together some more points and thanks for tuning in on whatever device you're listening from whatever platform you're
0: using whatever podcast medium you're using from yeah
1: yeah. so from us in the past thank you from the future for listening to us
0: exactly
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah all right see you in the next
0: one one. thanks a lot cheers later
1: peace later